In the suburbs of Gotham City is the home of Bruce Wayne. Only the faithful Alfred knows what lies beneath the house. Those relentless crusaders for law and order, Batman and Robin. Welcome to the latest installment of the Dork Knights, the podcast that the internet deserves, but not the one it needs. As usual, I am your host, MB, and joining me is the Steven to my Spielberg, the George to my Lucas, and the Lana to my Wachowski, Birdman. Good day, sir. Good afternoon, or evening, or morning. We're good, not going good, to tell. Um, good insert time of day here, sir. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Yes, indeed. So, how have you been? Been all right. Um, I've been kind of stuffed up lately. Um, I don't know if you can tell. I'm still going through that, but um, uh, <clears throat> I mean, other than that, just I'm kind of flimmy. Flimmy. Yeah. Is it is that what you call it? Yes. Your um, condition. <laughs> yes. Uh, <clears throat> mm, excuse me. Um. I'm, I'm yeah, totally yeah, I'm sure that's that's quote unquote flim. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. Oh, uh, I don't want to get into too much detail about that. All right, just I'll just say that. All right, I have things that I do. You have things that you you do. We live different lives, MB. <laughs> or do we? Oh wait a minute, is this going to be like Fight Club? Are you going to beat me or something? Or am I you? <laughs> I think I think it'll be more. I think it makes more sense for me to be an alternate personality if you, and vice versa. <laughs> Just something about that. Like, yeah. I wake up one day, I look in the mirror, it's you staring back at me. It's like, oh! Like, like why would I want to be a guy from Indiana as an alternate personality? When you know, It makes much more sense to you to have a crazy racist alternate personality. <laughs> what was a, it, what, what, a crazy southern racist who loves history. A subject I have no interest in. Well, that's what makes an alternate personality. Yeah. That's what makes the twist so much more potent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you like the Fantastic Four. I, I kind of, they're all right. Well, we both like Batman, so. Yeah, that's the that's the big clue, isn't it? Yeah, that's what links our personalities together. I mean, you think you're doing a podcast right now, but all you are is just. I mean, you're. It's like, you know, you're just on Skype talking to yourself. I'm then... just talking to myself about Batman on a weekly basis. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean... And then, and then I come on here and talk, and do a podcast with you. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I imagine, mean... like, for another movie reference, you're like, what's his name, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. You know? <laughs> How did you feel about the latest ups- the issue of Detective Comics? We hated Detective Comics, but I thought we, we hated it. That... We hated it. We have to preserve Scott Snyder, the precious. <laughs> Speaking of linking our personalities up and Batman, an interesting scenario comes to mind. Yes, it does. Now, The Dirt Knight Rises recently came out, you know, the last of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy. We did mm-hmm. a whole hour on this, so we don't need to talk about that anymore. But needless to say, that is the last of the Christopher Nolan series. And eventually, perhaps inevitably, uh, Warner Brothers is going to reboot the series and come up with a new series of Batman films. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, it is inevitable that that's what's going to happen. I mean, Batman is. I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's just. I mean, 
you can say what you want. I mean, the Avengers being a hit this this summer, and just the Marvel films are taking off in general. But Batman has just been a consistent money maker for over twenty years at this point. You know. Yeah, I mean, and not just like the films. You've got the video games and yeah, the television shows now. It's it's crazy how much of a marketing machine yeah. the character I mean, is. Like, it's not like any stretch of imagination that Batman is probably the most popular superhero right now. You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely right now. And you've got the Avengers and Spider Man kind of leading behind that. Yeah. Super Superman really kind of he's fallen by the wayside a little bit because he's going to have like a a major movie since Superman Returns, but. Yeah. He's eventually gonna come back next year, so yeah, I really do hope that Man of Steel is awesome. I yeah, do. hope yeah. it's awesome and it makes a ton of money. Is, you know. Yeah, but you know, thinking about the Batman franchise, thinking about their inevitable reboot that Warner Brothers is gonna do. Mm-hmm. Really, there are a couple ways to mess it up. I would say. Oh, there are a lot more ways to mess it up than there are ways to get it right. Yeah, I mean, no one was a stroke of luck, really. I mean, before that, they had Joel Schumacher, which we all know how that ended up. God damn it, nipples. (laughs) And even to some degree, you know, we have Catwoman, which by its nature is kind of a... You know what, I'm going to go ahead and retract that, because that would actually mean I would have to link it up to Batman, and I'm not going to no. disgrace Batman's name. Here's what happened. You said Catwoman by its nature. That is a fallacy, because Catwoman was unnatural. <laughs> it should not have existed. Okay, you got me there. It's an unholy abomination that will never be spoken of again. Yes. Much like that uh, night that you and I drank too much tequila. And made those strange pictures. Well, I thought that was just kind of an extension of what we do every week. No, what was the abomination part was that we were just doing regular stuff in the pictures. Oh, oh, wow, yeah. It was just just us. Yeah, I'm completely blanking on that. I must have drank like... You don't remember? I mean, we got drunk and did each other's taxes, you know? Jesus. I I can't imagine those pictures. Those must be shocking. And that also explains those letters we got from the RS. Please, you don't have to pay tax for the rest of your life if you stop sending this stuff. <laughs> so. I think the shocking part of that is just you and me with numbers. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm horrible. I don't know about you. Yeah, um, well, yeah. Uh, I was taught math by Billy, the goat what can count. So, you know. <laughs> Well, he, he, he taught you the best that he could. He he learned me well. Yeah. But back to Batman, which you would not think would be a problem for us, but for some reason we can't really focus. Yeah. Um, but really, there are a ton of ways it can go wrong. One of which, and probably the biggest way they can go wrong with it, is if they hired two, um, let's say, two huge fans who do a weekly internet podcast. Yeah. Who did a whole month dedicated to Batman, who know nothing about filmmaking, really. None of the real technical aspects. And who would probably just do a giant fan service (laughs) and be complete assholes and perfectionists about it to an insane degree. 
Yeah, I would say that one would be a perfectionist, the other would be the asshole. Yeah, it, it would be a it would be a team effort. Yeah. So, obviously, you know what we're talking about is if they hired the Wachowskis to direct the next <laughs> Batman. Movie. Obviously. Yeah. 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 Or they could hire us, which would be the biggest mistake. And here's what I want to know about the scenario: you and I directed the next Batman film. Yes. How would we get hired? Well, see, that's what I kind of want to do with this scenario. I want to take it step by step from the beginning of a production to the crucial stages. Yeah. And sort of examine how we would approach each stage. So what your question was, was how we get hired. Yes. Well, generally, there has to be some sort of a pitch. There has to be some sort of a pitch or what we could do is you and I make a film to show to Warner Brothers that can show that we can handle the job. That we can be the directors, the next custodians of the Batman franchise. Yes. This well, film can... yeah. would be a softcore pornography of you and I together. <laughs> oh, God. And we would force them to watch it until they hire us. <laughs> I like that idea. It was much better than my idea. My idea was to sleep with the Warner Brothers executives... And then tell them if they didn't hire us as Batman, I would sleep with them again. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. You would have to share a bed with Joel Schumacher because that's the only way he keeps himself employed. Uh, I don't Now you've got me thinking about naked Joel Schumacher. Oh, God. You're a god. God, leathery. You are, leathery. You are just... Uh, oh, God. It's like a purse. Uh. Oh, God. I'm going to have to go vomit now. Thank you. <laughs> but no, we would make a short film that would impress the Warner Brothers executives enough to trust us with the Batman franchise. Or alternatively, Batman becomes a blacklisted in Hollywood. Something happens that makes it blacklisted. No director will touch it. I think it, probably what it is is it comes out that Bob Kane created Batman to be a uh, Nazi superhero. Well, then Superman would have been run out, like, years ago. Yeah, that's true. Superman, somehow Superman is just vaguely Naziistic. Yeah, plus... I made that a word now. Plus, you know, Wolverine's real name was originally meant to be Adolf Hallett, so... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, seriously, if I had a dime for every superhero that was created to be a a Nazi, you know, ideal... Uh, I mean, think about you know, Howard the Duck. Exactly. I mean, his hair's styled just like Hitler's. Come on. Yeah, exactly. He's got the mustache. You just can't see it because of the bill. Yeah. And there was, of course, that whole you know miniseries they did where Howard tried to you know commit genocide against an entire race of people. That was back during Marvel's like weird period in the 80s. Yeah, Grant Morrison was over there. Yeah. And then that kind of explains why... The movie bombed. You know, people want to see a talking duck. People want to see movies about genocide, but they don't want to mix them together. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Steven Spielberg was doing a lot of cocaine. <laughs> it was the 80s, man. Everybody yeah. was doing cocaine. Yeah. Including me. Yeah. But back to Batman. Which, again, I can't believe we're getting distracted on this yes, subject. Yes, I know. Because, like, every single topic we've had, we've had to stop ourselves from mentioning Batman. Yeah. So, you and I, would you say we get hired after that idea of showing them <laughs> a hardcore pornography of you and me 
and forcing them to hire us unless we show it again. On the Possibly. threat of showing it again. I would say so. We'd have to do some serious blackmail, that's for sure. <laughs> it would be a systematic takeover of the company, really. Or what I would hope is that the executive, the chief executive of Warner Brothers, let's say he was like in a car wreck. And he ends up severely brain damaged. Yeah. And through some sheer happenstance, he discovers Dork Knights. <laughs> and since we cater to the mentally handicapped, he falls in love with it. And he uses his powers as executive to appoint us the custodians of the Batman franchise. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one theory. Yeah. I think that's the best theory, personally. Because, <laughs> I'm sorry, as much as I want, as much as I want to be uh, in charge of the Batman franchise. I do not want to make sexual relations with you at least <laughs> on film. Well, now I'm just hurt. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I like you as a friend, but, you know. Yeah. I won't, I won't make gay porn with you. Sorry. I mean, I mean to be I'll fair, a lot I, in there. <laughs> to be fair, I vomited in, in my mouth when I came up with the idea, so <laughs> it's perfectly understandable. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're hired for the project. Through some means, through some misguided means, we're hired for the project. Clearly a terrible mistake. Everyone knows it, but, you know, they made the final word. We signed the contract. There's nothing they can do. So we're going to make a Batman movie. The next Batman movie. Uh-huh. Who do we hire to write the script? Oh, now, now own script. That's what I say. See, I was afraid you were going to say that because that just opens up a whole new can of worms. Well, no, it would be. No, what we do is it would be an adapted script that we adapted off the famous storyline, Batman storyline. Um, of course, that would be Batman: The War on Crime, <laughs> the legendary Batman script. Of a young I wasn't scribe. expecting that. <laughs> well, what about the ongoing war? Um, well, we. I don't know, we'll be able to, to um, take all six pages of both scripts and adapt them to to, uh, to a whole fe- uh, feature-length film, or would that be too much script to try to shove into one film? Well, you, you know how Warner Brothers works now. They, they split films into two. Yeah. So, you know, we'll have The Ongoing War Part 1. <laughs> the featuring, ongoing... featuring Dark Master Matt. <laughs> Yes, he would be the new Robin. That's what I would do. Fuck John Blake. Or Robin John Blake. Here's my question. Why would he only settle for Robin? That's true. He could be Batman. He's a magical werewolf bounty hunter who turns into a Hulk. <laughs> and he killed Osama Bin Laden. Exactly. But, uh, no, no, no. You and I, we, I guess we write the script. And we base it off the war on crime. Yes. Of course, you know, the War of Crime, you know, it's known for its... Uh, complexities. Its complexities and thrilling dialogue such as, I'm Batman, you're Dick Grayson, you're Robin now. <laughs> yes, I'm Robin now. I'll become your sidekick. That's actually fairly accurate. It's like you would think you'd read the script. No comment. I may have, <laughs> I may have gotten my hands on a leaked internet copy. <laughs> it's very famous. Yes. Would we hire anyone for rewrite work? Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. Who who would be the best? Hey, let's get uh, I got it. Let's get Damon Lindelof. So that way, 
the film could be filled with a bunch of bullshit that would never get resolved. <laughs> There's a smoke have... monster in Gotham. <laughs> or, you know, we could hire Michael Bay to do rewrites. <laughs> this is... <laughs> That would that would mean that there would be a scene where Batman hacks the internet. Yeah, and not only the entire that, internet. But there would be like a racist Harvey Dent. All right, yeah, I can get behind that. <laughs> it's like a really stereotypical Indian character. <laughs> um, for some reason, this version features uh, giant robots. Yeah, I would say that there would be a problem with the script. I think we would butt heads in the script. Uh, writing department just because over time as the script developed I would try to push Batman out of the film more and more and let Jim Gordon kind of take the center <laughs> stage now see uh, this was what I was anticipating from the beginning because god damn it you just you're obsessed I think scene one we open on Jim Gordon <laughs> he's killing people and fucking bitches at the same time. You essentially write an entire scene of Breaking Bad, what Jim Gordon in this place. <laughs> uh, Gordon's Walt and Batman's Jesse. <laughs> he even talks like Jesse. Yo, I'm Batman, bitch, whatever. <laughs> and, and for some reason, Gotham City would now be in the south. Um, It would, it would turn into... It would go from uh, being a story about Batman to how... The Ku Klux Klan saved America. I would essentially <laughs> finally... by Jim Gordon. I would essentially do, like we talked about in that previous episode, I would turn Batman into the remake of Birth of a Nation. You'd have, like, Gordon as, like, a patent figure. <laughs> exactly. Medals on his chest for, I don't know, he'd do stuff. <laughs> Racist stuff, probably. For putting coats around a young boy's shoulders. Oh God! Don't mention that, please. Don't mention that. <laughs> Emotional. Um. Be glad I didn't mention the hat. Oh God, the hat. Uh, sailing in the breeze. It's so beautiful. Um. But no. Um. All right. So let's say we write the script. Um. And it's passable. <laughs> passable. We, we hit. That's what the people at Warner Brothers say. All right, it's good enough. We don't care. It's now, Batman. People want to go see it. Well, here's what I imagine is that we wouldn't show it to the entire executive, like the entire board of executives. We would only find out which executive approved the Catwoman script and go to him. Because <laughs> he would be the easiest to impress. Exactly. Wow, this film has actual people in dialogue in it. It's the best film ever. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's greeting like he's green lighting um, an Adam Sandler comedy at the same time. (laughs) I'm going to make a film based off Connect Four. What can go wrong (laughs) this summer? Connect the dots or die. (laughs) Starring Morgan Freeman. Dear God, there's a serial killer out there. There are four victims. He will connect the four of them before the end of the month. Um, But yeah. Now I've got. Now I'm thinking of the gritty reboot of like Scrabble, but um, <laughs> that's another episode in of yes. itself. Um. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the uh, brain damaged executive, he approved our script, you know. Yeah. And so casting, here we go. This is where it should be interesting. <laughs> now, there is a caveat: you cannot cast yourself as Batman. 
I'm fine with that. Okay. Because that means I have to do less stunt work. And you, would, as, you would, I mean, you would do more stunt work as a director? I mean, that's not really the logic I was going for, but sure. But the way you said it was, you know, is if you were Batman, right, I'm sorry, I think I misheard you, but now I'm thinking of you as a stuntman in addition to being director. <laughs> Why do all the bad guys Batman fight are chunky guys who kind of slouch when they walk? <laughs> All their, they always keep their faces hidden just so no one can see. Why are they constantly tripping? <laughs> Gotham is really the most clumsiest henchmen. <laughs> Why are they all white? Oh, see, what's wrong? Wild criminals got to be black, you racist. <laughs> Maybe huh? Gotham has an, like a whites-only policy as far as crime goes. <laughs> I don't approve that. Um. But I would say this. You can't be Batman, but could I be Jim Gordon? No. Fuck you. You can't inhabit the awesomeness that is Jim Gordon. Even you can admit that. Yes. But what if I wore a fake mustache? I would still wear a fake mustache on set. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd be wearing a bat suit on set, so. <laughs> it would get confusing with that playing Batman. But, um, so yeah, we can't cast ourselves, but who would you cast as Batman? <laughs> okay, well... This is for our film, right? Yeah, we'll just say comedically. I mean, yeah, I mean, realistically, yeah, we, I think if we went realistic with it, it would probably take a while because there are a lot of decent candidates out there. Okay, so in the Damon Lindelof version, Michael slash Michael Bay version, <laughs> hmm, screw it, John Goodman. John Goodman. As really. the Batman. I've got a name. I'm going to float it to you just to. To get your reaction. Nicholas Cage. Oh. Because okay, Nicholas Cage. As we all know, Nicholas Cage is indeed a vampire. Yeah, and okay. plus he rocks an animal suit. <laughs> God, that is that's actually perfect. Now, we've got our Batman. How about uh, I am Vengeance. <laughs> I am the knight. Like he comes to Gordon, you know, there was a there's a uh, arsonist on the loose. He set a bunch of fires on the on the uh, Gotham East side. You know they're burning down houses left and right. You know how do you get burned? How do you get burned? How do you get burned? <laughs> I just told you arsonist. Well, was, why do you fucking die, man? He was gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> but yeah, the, we've got Batman cast. Um, Who would be Jim Gordon? Abe Vigoda. My God. My God is brilliant. Gary Oldman would look just... He would pale in comparison. Exactly. I don't think... I mean, who could? I mean, if there's ever been a, a part Abe Vigoda was born to play. It's either Jim Gordon or an old Jewish man. But this is It was just perfect because the way we wrote Gordon in the script is he's an old Jewish man, you know? A lot of oy vays and you know he speaks Yiddish half the time. Well, well, Lewis Black wouldn't return our calls. Uh, I don't think I'd want Lewis Black as as uh, Gord. He'd scare me. <laughs> He'd be yelling at have, you all the time. We can't have a Gordon that's more intense than Batman. <laughs> um, we're talking about Nicolas Cage here. That's true. That's true. So, Batman and Gordon cast. We would we have a Robin in the script? For, for the sake of argument, yes. Okay. 
And for that role, I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh, just tell me what you think about it. Queen Latifah. Mm-mm. I do love the idea of a sassy black sidekick. <laughs> oh, hell no. You did not just slide down that bat pole. Uh, Robin, I need you to go there. Oh, hell to the no. I just got my hair did. You think I'm going to run in that warehouse? <laughs> white boy, you be crazy. You be tripping, white boy. Oh, God. I knew I shouldn't have opened that door with you. What? What's wrong? I'm just doing my Queen Latifah impersonation. <laughs> um, I know there is something inherently wrong with that. But, but like, who would be a villain in this? Well, I don't know if we're basing off your war on crime story. Who is the bad guy in, in that one? <laughs> Um, Rupert Thorne and the Joker. Okay. Well, that should be easy enough. Uh, Rupert Thorne would be played by... Huh. Damn, Rupert Thorne. Interesting. Shia LaBeouf is Rupert Thorne. <laughs> I like it. And the Joker, here comes the kicker. We we Since we've got this huge budget to play with... We go back in time. Oh, no, we don't go back in time. We take clips from his entire movie career, and we insert them into the film to make it look like the Joker is being played by Raw Julia. (laughs) So basically all of Street Fighter. All of Street Fighter, a little bit of Adam's Family, uh, and Adam's Family Values, of course, and just a hint of uh, Philadelphia. I think he was in Philadelphia. Did you think you came here to fight a man, Batman? (laughs) Only to find a god? I destroyed your family, Batman. For you, that was the worst moment of your life. For me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> hey, man, you you killed my parents. <laughs> that was nice. That, that wasn't cool. That, that, that you, you shot him, you know, alphabetically. You know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G... Of course, there you forgot about the awesome moment to where uh, the Joker hatches his plan to kill Batman with bees. <laughs> oh no, not the bees! Not the bees! <laughs> um, so we've got most of the main cast now. Obviously, there has to be a love interest in this film. Oh yes, now with this one, we have to treat it with delicacy. Yes. Because you and I, you know, let's face it, we're raging perverts. <laughs> Indeed. We would cast the first hot actress to pop into our heads. Yes, and I, the first hot actress, I already popped into my head, so. <laughs> I know who I would pick. Um, for me, Southern Nashville, you'd pick, of course, Dame Judy Ditch. <laughs> Well, of course. Yes. She would play Catwoman. You think? Or do you think? You know, I could see it. A couple of years ago, maybe not, but now, I could see it. Yeah, there's something, like, she is aged so gracefully. She can pull off that skin-tight leather outfit. Yeah. But we also need a Batgirl. And for that... Oh, um, the girl from Precious. I was going to go with Rosie O'Donnell, but I actually like that one more. So, there's something I like that, uh, about the idea of Nicolas Cage Batman having two uh, 
heavyset black women as sidekicks. <laughs> it would make sense in his world. <laughs> oh, there's something we forgot all about. Alfred. Alfred. What about them? Him. Oh, I've got it. Alfred um, would, of course, be played by uh, the guy who played Al Powell in Die Hard. Oh, uh, uh, you mean the guy who played Carl Winslow? Yeah. I don't know the guy's real name. I just I, I, knew, I knew matters. his name, but I can't remember. I just, like I said, once again, I like the idea of Nicolas Cage having like an all-black supporting cast around him. <laughs> Essentially, half of this movie plays out like Street Fighter. The other half plays out like a uh, black comedy, you know? So, it, I mean, it play, half of it plays like a Tyler Perry movie. Yeah, um... You know, uh, Tyler Perry would actually be in there as the penguin, <laughs> wearing a wig. Medea as the yeah, penguin, pretty much. But yeah, uh, Nicholas Cage's Batman. He would learn to. He would teach. He would teach Robin, Queen Latifah, Robin, and Precious uh, Lady Batgirl how to fight crime. They of course would teach him how to love again and open his heart. They'd also teach him how to dance, or they would try to. But they would eventually write off, Hey, white boy, you can't learn how to dance. You ain't got no rhythm. <laughs> and he just keeps on dancing. His soul's still dancing. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so... The guy who played Carl Winslow... <laughs> Johnson... Uh, Reginald Bell Johnson is his name. I just remembered it. Reginald Johnson? Reginald Bell Johnson. Like, V-E-L Johnson. But yeah, it, he would it, be he would be Alfred, of course. Yeah, 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 perfectly, you know, English butler type. Oh no, 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 he would speak like he would speak normal, like he just he would be from England still. He would just speak like Reginald Bell Johnson normally does. <laughs> and for some reason, he would be dressed like a cop. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's like it's Nicolas Cage's Batman. <laughs> And we're basing all of this off of his perspective, so nothing in the movie actually makes sense. Yeah, that's what we're going to It's going to be revealed that at the end of the film, the twist is that uh, we pan back and it's revealed that Nicolas Cage, the whole movie was a dream. He overdosed on coke as bad lieutenant. So he set the whole movie inside a dream inside a Warner Herzog film. So <laughs> that is all kinds of trippiness right there. And, and that's how we get the Val Kilmer cameo. Exactly. God. Poor Val Kilmer. Okay, so we've got the casting locked down, pretty much. Now, I guess we just move right up to actually shooting. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Let's go back a little bit. The costuming. Oh, yes. How would you approach the bat suit? I know this may sound weird, but I would want to out Schumacher Schumacher. What do you mean? First off, I would take the outfit from Batman and Robin. I would take the nipples, the gray nipples, the silver nipples that Batman had. Yeah. And I would um, spray paint them fluorescent pink. <laughs> In addition to that, I would spray paint also on the chest the word nipples with arrows pointing <laughs> towards them just so they draw even more attention. You know. Now, what are your thoughts on that? I'd say you can do even better than that. Put glitter all over the cod piece. Yes. Make it glow in the dark as well. Yeah. Of course, this Batman has to have a mustache. 
like a fancy mustache. Yeah. Um, well, would the mustache show through because of the way the mask is? Oh yeah, it, it would. It would show through. Okay. It would actually overlap the mask, so it's like it would just be present. <laughs> well, actually, no. What we do is our version of Batman wouldn't even wear a mask. He'd wear like uh, like pointy ears, like strapped to his head. <laughs> but I mean, you can't put Nicolas Cage behind a mask. He needs to emote fully. That's why his role as Big Daddy didn't work out well. That's exactly. why he died at the end of the movie. So we've got pretty much his costume now, for the most part. We've got we've hit the high points, the most important things. Yeah. Um, what about any other costumes? Like, how would Queen Latifah's Robin dress? <laughs> I just imagine a tracksuit with just an R on it. We don't even really try. I, I like that idea. I also like the idea of making an homage to the original Robin outfit. <laughs> with the booties and the short shorts. <laughs> she would essentially be wearing an oversized version of uh, the Burt Ward costume. Yeah. Now, what about... The Batgirl outfit. I, I, I have no idea. I would say I'd go with the Cassandra Kane out Batgirl look. <laughs> I don't know why. Some about that look just screams. Precious. Yeah, the girl from Precious. <laughs> so you have a ninja esque Batgirl. Maybe it's the fact that the the mouth part so shut. <laughs> That's what appeals to you. Yeah. She should be seen, not heard. Um, now, what about Jim Gordon's attire? Oh, Jim Gordon would wear, like, fucking... Just what Jim Gordon wears, I think. I mean, but I don't know, though. It'd be... Hmm, this is a tough one. Do you have any ideas? A jetpack. Yes, yes. Give a Vigoda a jetpack. Dear God, mother of God, a jetpack. He would be unstoppable. He has to wear a fedora, too. I just thought about that. That needs to come to pass. A fedora and a jetpack. Or he needs an Inspector Gadget fedora that also has like a helicopter built in. Just for no reason. <laughs> Even though he's already wearing a jetpack. Yeah. You never know. The jetpack may fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And Jim Gordon is always prepared. Damn right. <laughs> okay, so we've got the main costumes nailed down. Yeah. Um, The Joker wouldn't need a, cro- a costume because, you know, it's... It's just basically spliced up images for Al yeah. Leah. What we do is we would, would Photoshop like the individual steals with bison and like paint his face white. Yep. Also, we put Shia LaBeouf in a fat suit. Yeah. <laughs> for, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's fine. Or no, no, no. He would want to be in a fat suit, but we would demand that he gain weight. <laughs> so he's on, he's always eating on set. Yeah. Just just stuffing his face with KFC. <laughs> Okay, now what about the Batmobile? Um, hmm. I think we should ground this the Batmobile in reality. Really? Batman should drive a 1994 Festiva <laughs> with fins on it. And it's green. Yes, it's green. And there's a lot of like cosmetic damage to it. Yeah, it's got the brakes are kind of shot. Because uh, you know it's the war on crime, and it has to be war torn. Yeah. There's a crack in, like, the, the windshield. Also, there's a bumper sticker that says Romney. <laughs> Romney and uh, I break for Jesus. <laughs> honk, honk if your parents are dead as well. <laughs> because it's Nicolas Cage, there would be a bumper sticker that says, You bitches! You bitches! <laughs> Honking <laughs> at me won't get your goddamn honey back. 
And then there in the back window, there would just be the poster for Face Off. <laughs> it would be covering up like a hole in the windshield. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else, like vehicle-wise? I don't think so. Not unless we give uh, Batgirl and Robin a, like a motorcycle. No, we give them mopeds. <laughs> we, no, we <laughs> give them a moped with a sidecar for Batgirl. Oh, yeah, that could work as like a little nod to the 60s series. Yes. I didn't think about that at the time. I was just thinking of it just be ridiculous to see two 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 fully grown black women in superhero outfits riding in a moped and sidecar. The sidecar would always break. Yeah. Precious would ah she would just go off. <laughs> she have a lot of onset injuries. Yeah. Um so yeah, vehicles are down. What how would we shoot it? That's what I wanna like. What would be our method for directing? Okay, well, First of all, what would be the motivation for them to direct? Or no, no. What what kind of direction would we give Nicolas Cage? First of all, that's what I'm wondering. Would we be like? There are a lot of directors who are different. Like um, guys, like I've always heard, like Ridley Scott can be like kind of hands off sometimes about certain things. Yeah, very laid back. He's going, but then you got guys like James Cameron, you know, who's very intense and in your face about a lot of stuff. Okay, well, here's here's how I see it. We would do both. One of us would be intense in your face, which would be you. And I would be the... Actually, no. It would be in the reverse. I would be the one, because it's Batman, I would be the one that would be intense and in your yes. face. You would be the laid-back one. <laughs> I'd, I'd finally be, get a chance to be the good cop. Yeah. Like, every scene you would direct, you know, we would yell, cut. And you would say, you know, great job, great job. I think we will uh, we can wrap that up. Then I interject and go, no, no, you had to show more emotion, more emotion. No, we're not. We're doing fucking again. Listen, Nicholas Cage, you play Batman like shit. You know, back in Batman issue thirty, back in nineteen forty-two, there was this one scene where Batman just emoted the fuck on that one panel. You have to do that fucking panel right now. Or I mean, I mean, look at this line. Look at this line. Quiet or Papa Spank. Do you see the depth <laughs> in that line? You you the need to get it. You need to get it in your head. Famous character actor Nicolas Cage. You need his, to get it in your head. That one line, Papa Spank emotes his his tortured soul to perfection. Yes, yes. It it encapsulates the entire character, and you're missing it. Sometimes yeah. I wonder. Sometimes I wonder why we even cast you. <laughs> He's like, uh, because you offered to pay me, and, you know, that has all the hallmarks of a classic Nick Cage film. The actors were paid. Oh, uh, you, you know, man, uh, I, I was a ghostwriter. <laughs> I'll do anything. But, uh, I was in yeah, the National I, Treasure films. <laughs> that's what I would want to do with Nicolas Cage, probably. <laughs> I would say, you know, I'd tell him, look, Fuck Batman with the skies, and we need to go off on a treasure hunt and look for the secrets of Benjamin Franklin's gold. <laughs> you wouldn't be talking about a movie. <laughs> hey, no, I know I wouldn't be. No, this would be real life. Cause he's like, you know, those are just films, right? Fuck you. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin had gold somewhere. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to have a three-way with the Declaration of Independence. I would, I would demand that I had, I could watch that. I have to watch. You know, <laughs> it's high praise. Or I, or I would I would make myself... It would start out with him having sex, but then I would turn it into a three-year-old declaration of independence. <laughs> it would be a, a very horrifying experience. <laughs> but, 
But back to this film. Our directing style very varied. I would be in the I would be in everybody's face for not being authentic enough. You you wouldn't really care that much. Except except for the Jim Gordon scenes. Yeah. You you would terrorize Abe Vigoda. I'm afraid I would cause Abe Vigoda to die. <laughs> like right after the film was made. Fuck this bullshit, old man. <laughs> You're playing Jim fucking Gordon, not Fish from Barney Miller, which he used you, to play back in the day. <laughs> you have a, like a megaphone <laughs> in your hand. Yeah, well, it is, the thing is I don't use the megaphone until I'm like right up beside him. Hey, 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 you're not doing it right. Keep at it. I, yeah, like I walk up right to him, calm as can be, then I put the name for Nexus here. More emotion! <laughs> you being like a golf cart. Th- that's another thing, too, that I would demand. I, you know, I would demand that you know, I would not have to walk anywhere with the entire. <laughs> you, would be car- you would be carried on set. I would have a litter uh, they would just haul me around on. Ironically enough, Keanu Reeves would be hauling you around. <laughs> What were you doing, Keanu? Did you see my last film? <laughs> this is the only work I can get anymore. But the one thing I also imagine about you is direct. I imagine you would take the method approach. You would like only refer to the actors in character as their characters. You know, you would demand that like Nicolas Cage and like the rest of those like went through boot camp. You know, crash course. You would almost go as far to kill Nicolas Cage's parents. <laughs> but the problem is they're probably already dead <laughs> i would live in a cave like when i'm not on set yeah. i would just go back to a cave but underneath, the thing a, is, underneath a mansion how could you be a method director would you like you'd only like make you would demand that they would uh refer to you as the director instead of like by your name <laughs> they refer to me as phantom stranger <laughs> and i would demand they wouldn't call me asshole just because I mean, the shoe fits where... Yeah. yeah. And you embrace who you are wholeheartedly. Exactly. The question I have now is, based on all we have, how far over budget would we go? Because a lot of films, especially blockbusters, they do tend to go you know, very... They have very swollen budgets, you know? Like, three days in, we would already be over budget because I would keep making them redo scenes. And then we would rewrite scenes as we go along. Yeah, we would already be like five weeks behind after the third day of shooting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for some reason during a dialogue scene, during like a serious scene between Batman and Alfred, suddenly ninjas are involved. <laughs> we have pyrotechnics set up, set up for it, just on the off chance. Well, we need I want to see where this fight goes. I don't know where it will go yet. Yeah, yeah, we didn't choreograph any of this. Which makes it just, just Nicolas Cage and a bunch of stuntmen, like, slap fighting each other. And, of course, I'm the only stuntman, so. Like, you, like what it is, is, like, he kicks you out of the, the frame, and then, like, there's this long pause, like, several minutes, and all of a sudden <laughs> you come back from the other side as a stuntman, like, dressed in different clothing. Yeah, and, and they would ask me, you know, well, I, I guess you're going to edit between every point? And I said, no, no, leave it unedited. <laughs> I need that for realism. This is my definitive masterpiece. This is in my vision. Yeah, I mean, this is this is how pacing works, you know? Yeah. This is what you don't get. You, I imagine that would cause your Christian Bale-esque flip-out, you know? <laughs> the editing. I mean, I, clearly, like, a couple weeks into doing this, I would be completely egomaniacal. Yeah. 
I imagine you would be kind of like, uh, have you ever seen uh, Apocalypse Now? No. You'd be like Marlon Brando's character from Apocalypse Now. You would, you would have like a, like a whole village. You'd have the whole crew, like the Asian villagers in Apocalypse Now, worshiping you as like a god. You like sit on a throne, sweating, you know, fat, speaking with like cotton balls in your mouth. For some reason, you would become like Marlon Brando reincarnated. <laughs> So I'd be like slowly transforming into like a wearer, Marlon Brando. Yeah, like it would start during a full moon. And here's what I think would happen though: as the the script went on and things got crazier and crazier, WB would finally realize the horrible mistake they made, and they would realize there was only one man that they could dispatch to take not only take both of us down, <laughs> but to right the ship for the franchise once and for all. And they would dispatch Joel Schumacher. Oh, God. The lesser of two evils. Exactly. The devil you know is always better than the <laughs> devil you don't. He would tell us to tone it down. He's like, dudes, I mean, listen, if you haven't noticed, I'm a flamboyantly gay man. And even I think you're too fabulous. <laughs> he would go into a dance number as he's saying it. <laughs> and, of course, we would, I guess he would try to fight us. That's what we would do. You would be so ingrained in your course of personality. You say, the only way you get this movie for me is you fight to the death. <laughs> Which I already want to do because it's Joel Schumacher. Yeah. I mean, for you, it's a win-win. I mean, yeah. You finally get liberated of your life. You always, you've always had a death wish. <laughs> but either you die or Joel Schumacher dies. So it's a win-win for you. Yeah. Nicolas Cage is there watching. Yeah, he's not in. He's not in the bat suit anymore. He's just flat out accepted the bear suit. What you do is you blow the last of the budget to get Danny Elfman and the whole orchestra to score the fight live as it happens. <laughs> We've completely forgotten about the movie at this point. Yeah. So Danny Elfman would be there with a live orchestra. Yeah. We, you 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 would you would get them to try to recreate the Star Trek fight music. <laughs> I was actually thinking the same thing. <laughs> And you would be there. You would be off to the side, kind of adding vocal support. Yeah. For Schumacher. Of course. I, I of course, have become Schumacher's ally because I realized that while you are my friend, you have become too insane for your own good. I must be taken out. He must be put down. There's, <laughs> no, there's no way. This this is how it would all end. I, I always knew it from the beginning. <laughs> That's what you say to me. Like, this is your last chance. You know, you... You can you can still be a good man. You can turn this ship around. We can save Batman together. It had to end this way. <laughs> I just walk out. I walk Thank out you. on onto the set, onto the Batcave set, which is just—it's so much neon that it's blinding. <laughs> that's where you, that's where you and Schumacher would fight. Danny Elfman and his orchestra are in like the costume chamber. No, no, no—they're on the t- uh, turntable for the Batmobile. Yeah. So they're constantly spinning around. <laughs> Yeah, about like after about the, like the first ten minutes, they all started to get dizzy and they started playing like <laughs> the notes start becoming sour and you know they get unfocused. It would be hard to listen to. <laughs> but yeah, I just imagine that somewhere along the line, I don't know if it's from you being out of shape or the fact that you're still wearing the bat suit and while it's cool on film, it sucks ass and actually you know practicality. Or maybe it's just because I've. Taken like way too many blows as my own stuntman. Yeah, that might, that, I think it might, it's a combination of all that. But somehow or another, 
a 79-year-old man is able to whoop your ass. A flamboyantly gay 79-year-old director he, with leathery skin. He slap fights you into submission. <laughs> Forever shaming me. Yes. You know what it is? It's a fight to the death, though. And I imagine like you die like uh, Willem Dafoe platoon style, like with your hands out. <laughs> Your body I'd be falling in, sh- in slow motion from a slap. <laughs> well, no, what it is is you would fall in slow motion, but everything else around you would be like regular speed. Because <laughs> like we were like five minutes, you'd still be falling. I look at my watch. Damn, is he still falling? <laughs> Shit. Meanwhile, you're still being carried around. Yeah. Move with me, slaves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves would be very tired. Yeah, well, you know what? You should have made a Bill and Ted sequel while the iron was hot. All right, I did make a sequel. That was the problem. That's what I meant. Don't correct me. I just whip him. So yeah, you would die at the hands of Joel Schumacher. After I made a Batman film worse than his. Your legacy is shamed forever. Yes. And somehow you're okay with this. Of course, because it was my idea. I set this up from the very beginning for you to fail. (laughs) This was your elaborate plan. Because, see, it's one thing to kill you. But it's another to disgrace you to the point to where you want to die. I could have killed you, but you know what? Your punishment needed to be much more severe. <laughs> God, you are I truly the, the bane of my existence. Exactly. I broke the Dork Knight. Truly, you broke the Dork Knight. I don't that, even. Know, I don't even know what to say anymore. I think what would happen next is Schumacher would take the film, or whatever. Like the the two scenes we managed to successfully shoot. <laughs> He would work that into a, to uh, like, that would be the beginning of his Batman film. To where, like, you know. He takes over those the Those two people. scenes to play out. They would reboot the uncompleted film. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. He would take the cast that we set up, rework the script, and win an Oscar for it. <laughs> In your death and disgrace, you gave Joel Schumacher redemption. <laughs> which, in and of itself. Is more disgrace. Yes, exactly. It's it's essentially like digging up my corpse and pissing on it. <laughs> Which, of course, is what me and Joel Schumacher do after we celebrate our Oscar win. <laughs> I know you would do this. <laughs> All right, I think we've talked long enough about our failed, very failed Batman movie. I do want to say that it may have went down in flames, but we rode that bitch like a motherfucker. Down in flames. We had fun. Especially you, considering you didn't even touch the ground. Exactly. At least I'll be sharing a gravesite with a Vagoda, who you hounded to death. Well, you know what? He couldn't live up to the standards of Jim Gordon. Yes. Sorry. And what, and what a better way to go out on than that. So that's been this week's edition of the Dork Knights. Tune in next week. Same MB time, same bird channel. That's a wrap. With their mission accomplished, these glamorous figures vanish as suddenly as they appear. <laughs>